the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. No fleshly effort can make a dead man alive. No educating him, no coming to the altar, no coaxing him in Bible verses. Nothing can make a dead man alive but the conjugal relationship between the Spirit of God and the dead soul in the preaching of the gospel of the grace of God. Hi there, and welcome to today's broadcast of Way of Grace. We welcome you to this Monday program and would invite you to join us back here in John chapter 3. Last week, if you were with us, you'll remember that our teacher and pastor, Jesse Stand began a look at a series or a message entitled, You Must Be Born Again, out of John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. We took note of the fact that there is a kingdom to be entered. Sin keeps us from that kingdom, the problem, and how to fix it. We have a final look at the fix, if you will, a radical rebirth that is desperately needed. Here's Pastor Jesse with more on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. There's a conspiracy in our world against the true gospel. And we've become so comfortable with it that we don't even know that we have not heard it when we don't hear it. Does that make sense? That's exactly where we are. Long ago, men who dealt earnest with the souls of men gave them a proper diagnosis of their condition when they knew it. Now, if you are dead, the only way you're going to know God is for God to do something for you you cannot do for yourself. Do you guys hear me? Now stay with me. I'm not done. It's not clapping time. Watch this. <laughs> hear me. Hear me. Because you, 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 I, I, I fear that we trivialize the fundamental need because we become so used to church. Now, suppose your child, whom you absolutely love with everything in you, became ill and sick. And her or his life left their body and they were dead. How would you feel? What would you think? And what would you do? Are you guys hearing me? Right. Because see, if we're going to care for the souls of men like God does, like Christ does, Christ cares for Nicodemus. Because he knows his condition. He knows that the man walked up there as the living dead. 
that he is horizontal in his spirit. He's vertical in his body, but he's horizontal in his spirit. He's dead in his spirit. And fortunately, in God's providence, he came to the man that could fix it. But you and I can't fix dead people's problems. This is another area in which the church has become radically culpable of absolute guilt around how people become saved. And we'll deal with that next week when we get to John 3.16. When a person is dead, it's out of your hand and out of mine. You can't raise anybody from the dead. You don't have the power to do it. You don't have the ability to take a spiritually dead soul that's been dead all its life and wake it up. Only God can do it. You can dress that carcass up and paste Bible verses all over it. You can be the mortuary God that be able to open his mouth and make him smile. You can even take a tape recorder and put it in the back of his neck and cut it on and make it look like he's talking. And that's what we do with people when we bring them to church or give them a Bible or tell them they're saved when they're still dead. Are you hearing me? That's what you do. That's what you do. But now, if you know that their condition is outside of your scope of solving, but you know there is a God who knows how to raise the dead, you will begin to call upon God. You will begin to cry out to God. You will begin to say, Lord of heaven and earth, only you, O oh God, only you, O oh God, know the condition of my son. You know the condition of my daughter. You know the condition of my husband, of my wife. Only you, O oh God, can raise them from the dead. I give them to you. Lord, have mercy on them. I lay them at your lap. You are the living God. You are the Savior of the world. You gave your son for sinners. May your blood apply to his life, her life, their life, and quicken them, quicken them by your word, O oh God. Ah. But you don't find Christians praying like that because we don't care about the souls of men. Did you hear me? We don't care. We're just playing church. So quickly, here's what we have in John chapter three. Jesus said in verse three, except you be born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He said in verse five, verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And then he began to explain what I'm going to quickly say in our outline and close. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. He he makes a clear distinction between being born physically and being born spiritually. Now, what that means, ladies and gentlemen, is the manner in which we create life or produce life by conjugal relations is the efforts of the flesh. Would you agree with that? God gives us all of the mechanism by which we can produce life, not create it, produce it. 
We join together in conjugal relations, and if God will, there's a conception. Are y'all hearing me? But no fleshly effort can make a dead man alive. No wooing him, no educating him, no promising him, no coming to the altar, no coaxing him in Bible verses. Nothing can make a dead man alive but the conjugal relationship between the Spirit of God and the dead soul in the preaching of the gospel of the grace of God. Three points then to look at and close. Why is it that we are committed to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Is because it might be that God's spirit will graciously begin to move upon a dead soul when they are brought near through the gospel. It might be that the Spirit of God might be pleased to work imperceptibly in this room and land upon the soul of a person whom we don't suspect is saved and immediately give them life. But he will never do that apart from the truth of his word. Are you hearing? Here's how he lays it out. Point number one. We must first be born what? Again. That is a second time discounting our physical birth. Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 and 2, that we are to lay aside all of those behavior patterns that we used to engage in and affirm the fact, verse 2, that we are really now truly born again as newborn what? You can never come into the kingdom of God fully grown. God won't accept you. You can't come in standing up. You can't even come into the kingdom of God talking. When you come into the kingdom of God, you know how you come in? As a baby. As a brand new baby. As a brand new baby that God made. As a brand new baby that God made that is totally dependent upon others to maintain, sustain their life, and grow their life. Did you get that? You cannot come into the kingdom of God with your knowledge. God will reject your knowledge. He will reject your pride. He will reject your arrogance. God takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. By strength, no one will ever prevail. The only way you come in is as a little baby. Except you be like this little child you shall not enter into the kingdom of God. Well, God has to do that for us. Listen to what it says. As newborn babes desire the what? Sincere milk of the word that you might what? And the evidence then when you are truly born again is you want God's word and you love God's word. I'm afraid of professing Christians. Afraid who talk about loving God and have no interest in his word. You have never met a healthy brand new baby that did not just show an absolute voracious appetite for that milk. Have you? I'm talking about healthy. I mean, they sucking, sucking, sucking. I remember our babies with me and my wife. I felt so sorry for my wife. That big old breast shriveled up. It was evidence of life. Evidence of life evidence of life. Because not only are you showing that you're alive, you are showing the ground and cause of being alive. According to verse 22 through 25 of our text, we have been born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God. 
It's the word of God that did it. That's First Peter chapter 1, verse 22. Pull that up, please. First Peter 1, 22, 23. You guys have seen it before. Peter is preaching, oh, chapter 1, please. Chapter 1, verse 22. If you will, we'll get there. I love my team up there. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit unto unfeigned love of the brethren, see that you love one another fervently. This is how you act after you're born again. Verse 23, here it is. Being born again. Do you see it? Not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the what? The word of God, which, which lives in the Bible. Now watch this. Those of us who know that God has to do it, knows that God uses a means. Do you know what that means is? The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. The word of God. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. Verse 24. You heard this last week. Hear it again. For all flesh is as grass, and the glory of man is as the flower of the grass. The grass withers, the flower thereof falleth away. Verse 25, here it is. But the word of the Lord endureth forever, and this is the word by which the what is preached unto you? This is why we love the gospel. Not just the word, but the gospel, because the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. When you sit under the gospel, you are sitting under a message about Jesus about his authority, about his rule, about his work, about his suffering, about his death, about his resurrection, about his rule in his church. You come to know why you are a sinner, what your sinful condition is, and what God's solution to it is. And the Spirit of God begins to awaken you, watch this now, to the reality that God is right. And then the next thing you know, your heart is in agreement with God. Have you experienced that? And you go, what a miracle. Yesterday, I didn't like at all what was preached. Today, I believe it with all my heart. I'm a lost, hell-bound sinner, but God has had mercy on me through that man who hangs on the cross. His name is Jesus, the sinner's substitute. The ground of my only hope for glory is the God-man Christ. See it? And then Jesus says one more thing, and we'll close here. In John 3, 5, he says, except you be born of water and of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Do you see it? The water is what we have just talked about. The water of the washing of the Word. The water of the washing of the Word. When you come under the Word of God every week, you get washed. Am I telling the truth? You get washed. Your mind gets washed. Your heart gets washed. Your soul gets washed. You and I are contaminated the moment we leave this building. Until God's water, until his word flushes into your system and out to cleanse you of the impurities and contaminations and twisted and distorted and perverted doctrines, we get out there, our mind is all jacked up by the time we get in here. Straighten out when we leave. But the question will be, what are you going to drink and eat between now and next Sunday? One more thing in closing. And this is what we call the essential means of men and women being born again. For what I have just spoken about is what we call the instrumental means, the word of God. But without God's spirit, nothing happens. Titus 3, 5, please. 
Titus 3.5. You've heard it before. I'm going to quote it, but I want you to hear. Titus 3.5 says, not, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, who saved us? He saved us according to his what? Not our good works. Watch this now. By the washing of what? That's the word of God. And the renewing of what? That's the spirit of God. The Spirit of God works through the Word of God to make lost men and women new creatures in Christ. Y'all got that? This is Ezekiel 37, 1 through 10. Don't go there. Ezekiel, what do you see? Lord, I see a valley full of dry bones. Dead and dry for so long, no life in it whatsoever. Sinews gone, blood gone, marrow gone, no life. Son of man, can these bones live? You know what Ezekiel said? That's totally up. To your sovereign prerogative. He didn't say, of course, Lord, if I just start singing just as I am. (laughs) We can put paint on those carcasses and put tape recorders in the back of their head and make them look like Christians. He didn't say that. He said, Lord, it's in your sovereign hand. And you know what God said? Ezekiel Speak to these dry bones. Now, if that's not an oxymoronic, foolish thing, I don't know what is. But it's what happens every time lost sinners gather together under the preaching of the word and the pastor knows his assignment is to preach to dead men. All I can do is preach. And then God tells Ezekiel, Ezekiel, now you done seen what happened with these dead bones. They done started playing church. Y'all remember Ezekiel 37? Bone came to bone. Sinu came to sinu. They all came together and stood up. That's called playing church. You got that? That's called playing church. That's called looking good. That's having a form of godliness but still dead. Y'all got that? And then God told Ezekiel, because God loves sinners, Ezekiel, call for the wind. Call for the wind. Call for the four winds to blow on these bones. You know what Ezekiel is doing? He's the mediation between God's decree and an omnipotent power. A power which is absolutely necessary to make dead things live. Ezekiel is not making those bones come alive. He's simply praying, Spirit of God, do something that only you can do. Wake them up to the reality of life in God. Are y'all with me? This is exactly where Christ left Nicodemus. And then he said in verse 8, and I'll take this up next week because I really want you to get it. 
You know what he said? He says, do not marvel that I told you you got to be born again. Don't sit here and be paralyzed. Because he had just lost Nicodemus. See, Nicodemus thought he was saved. By verse 7, Nicodemus knows he's on his way to hell. Got it? And Christ knows the heart of men and women when he has stripped them of their false confidence, which is a cardinal sin in preaching today. Don't you get people lost. Don't you make them feel helpless. Don't you tell them their true condition. You better make them happy. You better scratch their itch. If you care about people. But ladies and gentlemen, that's the devil talking. Not God. See, when God talks to his servant about doing what I'm doing and have done for 20 something years. He's demanding his servant to close his eyes of sight and open his eyes of faith. And simply do what God says do. And let the outcome remain with God. That's what faithful preaching does. Brings you to encounter the reality of God's will at that moment, according to God's heart, from God's word, and hope that some of you will bow the knee and say, Lord, have mercy on me. And if God has been good to you over the course of this week or this month, or this year, or over the last 20, 30 years, you will praise God and thank God that there is an opportunity on God's part for men and women to be saved. And if you have been saved by God's grace, you will shout hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah to the Lord God Almighty. Because once I was dead, and now I'm alive. Once I was lost, and God found me. Once my ears were deaf, but God opened my ears, I can hear the gospel now. Once I had a stony heart, he took that heart out, put in a new heart, wrote his laws on my heart and my mind, and he said, you are mine. And you know what I said to God? You're mine too. And God had mercy on me. He had mercy on me, like the publican and the tax collector went down humble, came up justified. Our prayer is that's the case for some of you. But the wind blows where it wills. And you hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell from whence it comes or whence it goes. Nicodemus said, I don't like that. Jesus said, so what? You don't get to control conversion. You don't get to make a formula out of conversion. You don't get the package, how people get saved. You can't contain the omnipotent spirit of God. You can't tell people a formula for salvation. You can't write it down and package it and sell it. The spirit of God is mysterious. He's sovereign and omnipotent. He works when and how and where he will. And when he saves a sinner, everybody knows God did it. God alone did it. All we do is back up and say, Lord, look at you. You're still saving men and women. 
You're still raising the dead. And you're doing it in a way where you get the glory, not us, not our churches, not our methods. Because God can save you at home, in your car, in your mess, in your darkness. He'll quicken you when he will. But he's going to use his word and he's going to use his spirit. Amen. That'll conclude our time today here on Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan, the Ministry of Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. We thank you for spending time with us. Trust that as you do walk through God's Word with us, you're growing in grace, growing in your relationship with Christ and your love and adoration to Him. As we conclude our time together today, we would like to remind you that if today's broadcast was an impact to you, maybe it really blessed you, or maybe you've got a question or two that to listen to this program again would help out. Well, we have CDs available when you call or write to us, or if you wish, simply stop by our website and download the audio file from the website. Our web address is grace-bible.com. Rather simple. Again, grace-bible.com. Or contact us by phone at 510-886-9782. That's 510-886-9782. If you're writing to us, the address is 22768 Main Street. And that's here in Hayward. The zip code is 94541. Again, that's 22768. Main Street, Hayward, California, 94541 is the zip code. We ask for $5 per CD, or again, as mentioned, simply stop by our website and you can listen to the message in its entirety or download the MP3 version, grace-bible.com. One final note, we're inviting you to join us for worship. Sunday services are at 11 a.m. with Sunday school at 10 a.m. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study at 8 p.m. We'd love for you to stop by and join us for worship, especially if you're not involved in a fellowship at this time. And then, of course, the Friday Bible study. We have folks from all kinds of churches all over the Bay Area joining us at 8 p.m. It's a marvelous time of studying God's Word together as a company of believers. Again, For directions, simply go to grace-bible.com or call 510-886-9782. Thank you for joining us today, and until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.